All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. How are you? I'm well. Your elevator doors take like forever to open. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I, I've only realized it because I've been on the the elevator with m- multiple people, and I'm always just like, "Come on, come on, come on, open!" Like, yeah. Or we're like making small talk, and I'm like, "Okay, I want this to be done." <laughs> See, I never take the elevator. Oh. Because I park on the second floor, and I live on the third floor. Right. And the stairs are right outside my door. Yeah. It's completely senseless to take the elevator. Gotcha. Uh, but you know, I guess if you enter from the lobby. Yeah. Makes sense. I don't even really know where the stairs are. And I think you might need a... Do you need a pass? Anyway. Uh, yeah, no, they would just take you to the garage. No, there are stairs that go to the lobby, but it's... it's You you may as well just stick with your way of coming and going. <laughs> All right, sweet. How's your week? Uh, it's going good. Going busy. Good. Uh, God, it's Wednesday, uh, Thursday tomorrow. I know. I love yeah. this Monday's off thing. Did you? Oh, I was like, did you have Monday off? We all had Monday, Monday off. I kind of said it in a way that indicated, like, I always have Mondays off. <laughs> yeah, like it's I, a, a thing I love you're trying new, out. This new life where where I've got Mondays off. We were talking about how a five day week was way too long. Yeah, I think it's one of those institutionalized ideas that mm-hmm. is so ingrained in us that we don't even consider uh, the idea. Like, we complain about how short the weekend is. Right. But we don't actually critically sit down and go, wait, is this the best? Right. Maybe we should reconsider this. But it's preposterous that you're expected to spend five out of every seven days working until you're 65 and too rickety to do anything that matters anyway. It's going to take Google or Amazon to change that. They're going to have to be yeah. like, yeah, we just do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. And then slowly people will start getting on board. Well, you had said that it's really just based on the farming calendar and when hours are best to be in the sun. <laughs> That was a bit of a guess. Well, it's probably got something to do with it. Yeah. It probably does. Um, yeah, I know it's got to be something nature-based, but yeah. the average human is only productive for a max of three hours a day, and there are all these times week by week. Do you think that's, that's for sure true? That's what I've read. Really? That's what it's, okay, cool. has been brought to my attention. Um, and I'm not saying we should have three-hour work days. <laughs> no, In fact, no, no, I no. think if I were to have my pick, I would rather have 10-hour work days four days a week. Yeah, um, those would be brutal days. I'm but. on board with that. I think I, I think I would get, I, I start zoning. If yeah. I, if I don't eat lunch, I'm actually like, arguably more productive because yeah. I just get into the zone. See, it's easy for you to rationalize ten hour work days because you work so many ten hour work days anyway, and still yeah. work five days a week. Yeah, Mona, but I, shoe the cat from your shoes. There, she's shoe from my shoes. She's scratching. Ah. ah, just put them on the piano. She won't hop up there. Well, the piano's in here. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know where we are? Right. Where the piano is? I've never really uh, like fully acknowledged that the piano's right next to me. There it is. It's kind of behind me. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that... Uh, because whenever I have a third day off, uh, even towards the end of the weekend, I'm just so much more relaxed. I'm like, oh, this is how... That's, what, that's, the, that's the sad truth of the long weekend is it just reminds me how shafted we are every other week. <laughs> By the regular weeks. Yeah, I agree. That's how I feel. Um, so it's only been like five and a half days since we did a podcast. Yeah. Um, and one of those days was the weekend. So it seems like not a lot has happened entertainment news wise. And that's kind of true. It seems like a lot of the entertainment world has gotten swept away for uh, the benefit of like Harvey relief. Which is great. It is really great. Isn't it nice that we haven't heard about like Charlottesville for two weeks it is nice like it's it's just kind of like been completely hampered by heroic stories of 
Well, I think that's good, except for that. I think alternatively, if we're talking about Donald Trump and how he uh, botches situations, I think that you could argue we just moved on to the next shitty thing. Like this week, it's DACA, right? Right. um, Yeah, what's going on with that? Can you uh, give me an Eli 5? Um, I don't exactly remember what DACA stands for, but it's it's got to do with the deportation of like a hundred thousand um, children, oh children God. children of illegal immigrants. So this was a a project that Obama put forward, and a lot of people are speculating. The only real logical reason Trump would want to do away with it because it's completely harmless to the American fabric is because it has Obama's name on it, and right. he's so spiteful. Um, he put this forward so that uh, illegal immigrants to America who have children in the United States, uh, they can legally let their kids go to schools and um, be technically, indirectly American citizens. And now cool. they're going to lose their indirect citizenship. Right. That's true. Um, so all of the, it's not even a deportation, really. Because they're not being sent back to where they're from. Like, all, a lot of the people, if this actually goes through, a lot of the children will have to go to a country that they've never seen before. Right. Right? Yeah. Which is very frightening. That's awful. But I can't really speak to it um, uh, with a lot of intimacy, because I don't know the details. Except for except for to say that it seems he just brings up a new thing to distract us from the recent heinous thing he did. Right. All of it is a big, broad distraction from whatever... Russian investigation is still underway. Right. I tend to agree. <laughs> Good. We're definitely not Trump supporters. No. Hey, did podcast. you hear that Adam McKay is doing a Dick Cheney biopic? Uh, I, I think I might have heard that at some point. So I don't know if biopic is the right word because like, when I think biopic, I think like walk the line with right. Joaquin Phoenix. It's obviously going to be a comedy. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it'll have laughs in it. Adam McKay is, like, co-creator of Anchorman. Yeah. But he's also the big sick. Like, he's an Academy Award winner for the big right. sick screenplay. So he can write a movie that takes itself seriously. Did, wait, he did the big sick? No, I'm sorry. The, the big short. The big short. short. <laughs> I'm right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the big short. Won the Academy Award for screenplay for right. the, the big short. And uh, I don't know if he's going to do something that's a little bit more along those lines, like with... With a through line of humor in it, but right. largely um, straight-faced, or if it's going to be completely satirical. Wow, I would love to see it be like The Big Short. Well, um, Christian Bale is going to play Cheney. Oh, wow. So that's like The Big Short. Sure. Interesting that like <laughs> Dick Cheney has become one of the darlings of Adam McKay, of all people. Right. Saturday Night Live writer. Yeah. And Sam Rockwell is going to play Bush. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good gets. Yeah, definitely. Good actors. So that'll be interesting. Curious to see. What comes of that? The big movie news this week, I think, has to be the exiting of Colin Trevorrow as director of Star Wars Episode Nine. Oh, I didn't know that. This happened yesterday. What? Yeah, I'm fine with it. You're fine. What did Trevorrow do again? Um, he, well, he did Jurassic World. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Book of Henry. Like, I thought that one. I thought that one was a bit weird. Anyway, he's not. A, he's not necessarily a good director. <laughs> I sounded so sad. I was like, what? <laughs> Who's Trevorrow? <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm unsettled too. Just in that, I don't want there to be any kind of speed bumps in Lucasfilm. Sure. Like I want everything to be running 
smooth as butter over right there. like everyone's happy yeah no one's leaving want, everyone's having the time of their life. i want the vision to be uh mutual among everybody and i want everybody to be happy because as soon as there are ripples yeah you start to get concerned that uh execs have their hands in the pod mm-hmm. and you get served something like suicide squad right right now that hasn't been the case with the force awakens or rogue one do we agree both of those were fabulous absolutely um and I have high hopes for Star Wars Episode Eight, which comes out this Christmas. And that's directed by who? Uh, Ryan Johnson. Okay. And I don't really know what he's... Uh, Looper was his movie. Oh, gotcha. Um, but I don't really know anything else. I think people are very open to it being him. And now yep. a lot of people are saying, oh, Ryan Johnson should just do nine. I'm disinclined to feel that way until I've actually seen him do eight. Right. And who um, did Rogue One? Who did Rogue One? I don't know. Alfonso Cuaron? Is that a person? Yeah. He's the guy who did, like, Gravity and... Um, I don't think it's him. No. No. <laughs> I didn't think so either. I no. felt like that For some reason, that name shot into my brain. Been a bigger deal. I must have read his name somewhere today. Huh. No. Uh, I don't know who did Rogue One, but they did a nice job. But anyway, is leaving, and they don't know who's replacing? Well, they, they're they billing it as a mutual ag- agreement that he should, he should exit. And the Hollywood Reporter says they differed over script ideas they just had different creative visions but he still is heavily involved in the development of that story which again is very executive drawn right um i don't know i don't know what it means i mean i wouldn't be so concerned except for that this just happened last month with the han solo movie where they scrapped the directors with two weeks left in production right hired one of the most famous directors in the world to remake most of the film and so we really don't know what to expect from that anymore. And so now it just seems like there's a lot of unrest. Who was the, the direction. famous director that they brought on for the Han Solo movie? Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. I think I, I we talked about I'm that. I'm sure we bit. talked about it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so Ron Howard was brought in to salvage the Han Solo movie mm-hmm. because uh, Lord and Miller were doing what they were calling a Space Ventura movie. They were basically doing Han Solo as a ridiculous screwball comedy. Oh, wow. So now it makes sense. But so we didn't know this at the time that we last spoke about it. Maybe not about the ridiculous screwball comedy part. Of they it. were completely shitting on Star Wars, and like, <laughs> and like, I'm I'm all for satire, like Spaceballs. That's fine. Like yeah. you want to poke fun at it, but like this is something that's very Don't sacred. Do it with the actual very franchise. special to people. Yeah, you can't just like have your. Own. I mean, it's it, you can ask for David Lynch to do a Star Wars movie or. Kevin Smith to do a Star Wars movie or Quentin Tarantino to do a Star Wars movie. Scorsese, like it's you're never going to get what you want in those cases because mm-hmm. these iconic directors, Wes Anderson as a Star Wars director, <laughs> Could you imagine? they're not going to be able to put their flavor mm-hmm. on a film that's so carefully strategized. I'm just picturing okay. Mark Hamill wearing like short shorts and a sweatband. <laughs> That's Wes big Anderson's aviator movie. sunglasses yeah. with a hawk on his shoulder <laughs> <laughs> that's right like a, a weird little like bright orange running track yeah that he's like training on on some weird planet uh his next movie is a stop motion movie yeah Wes Anderson. It's his first since fantastic mr fox is that which right? i love yeah i love that movie great movie yeah, he's a fabulous director. Grand Budapest Hotel is one of my favorite movies of all time, I think. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. I love that movie. Yeah, I, I'm a, I was a fan of that movie, too. The color palette in that movie is just so delicious. Yeah. I I want to go through again, because he's one of those directors that I won't re-watch any mm. of his movies, although they're all... I have them the, all. Rewatch Every one on DVD here. Really? Yeah. Nice. I assume they're probably on Netflix, too. 
I think Moonrise Kingdom is on Netflix, and I think Grand Budapest is on Netflix. Have you ever seen the uh, subreddit Accidental Wes Anderson? No. It's amazing. It's just like pictures of things that look like they should be in a Wes Anderson movie. Oh, okay, but they're not actually. But they're not. So it's like it's kind of like Accidental Renaissance, which looks like scenes that could be like from the Bible. Okay. But or from the Renaissance times. Okay. Like very artistic and like Sistine Chapel esque. Oh, nice. But are just random pictures of like people like maybe it's someone like diving for like a a shot in beer pong right or maybe it's so wes anderson accidental wes anderson is just random shots that would fit absolutely in a wes anderson movie i would like for becky and i to some halloween go as wes anderson characters nice she cares a lot more about halloween than i do but if we stick with like a movie theme which we have historically yep um I kind of get on board. My only real stipulation is that if it's a couple's costume, I get to be the costume that's easier. Sure. Um, so, like, we were Marty and Doc from Back to the Future. That was good. It was, And I, I was Marty because I don't want to put on a wig and face right. makeup or whatever. And yeah. she's all for that. And so this year, because it's the 30th anniversary of The Princess Bride, and I love The Princess Bride, I wanted to do The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. But being Wesley and Buttercup is too easy, and it's kind of lame. Right. So I thought, we haven't decided on this, but I thought it would be funny if we went as uh, Fred Savage and Peter Falk for, for Halloween. <laughs> oh, my God. I think that would be kind of funny. That's a pretty deep cut. That would be amazing. But she has been an old man already <laughs> recently in right. Halloween. People are going to start talking. She just wants to be old men for Halloween. <laughs> Although that's a funny tra- yeah. trend. I, I don't think she's against the idea. Jen was Willy Wonka last year. And this year, I we talked about me being Morty, oh, yeah. my friend Colin being Rick, mm-hmm. and Jen being Tiny Rick. Okay. <laughs> and then we even talked about broadening it further and Colin's fiance being Pickle Rick. Yeah, you can't leave out your friend's fiance. No. You can't have a three-way costume and then leave somebody out. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> Halloween's one of those things that really sneaks up on you. Like, summer ends, yeah. and then September's over, and then all of a sudden, if you haven't been thinking about Halloween, you're behind. You're like, I had so many good ideas through the year. What yeah. happened to them? So that's a thing that's going to creep up. Yeah. Halloween journals. Let's start them. Okay. Or bring them up weekly. Okay. Yeah, we'll try, we'll have, try and stay on Do you have it. an idea of a Halloween costume of the week? And then we can just like write them all down and well, then choose the week before. What will be the big pop cultural references in Halloween this year? Because um, so much of pop culture that's happened this year has been devastating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's nothing like that's got that much. For, oh, uh, maybe the lunar or the solar eclipse. That's funny. That's yeah. definitely you something do that, that one's could happen. the sun, one's the moon. Hey, look, now we're the... Oh, we're standing clip. in front of each other? Yeah. Yeah, or like a fidget spinner or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something exactly. Something like that. We have to go to a party, I guess, to find <laughs> out, which I don't really want to do. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with Star Wars Episode Nine, but that is like literally years down the road. That's the other reason I'm not too concerned. The Eight is done. Mm-hmm. They're really just gearing up for Nine now, so yep. it's not like it's too late to shake things up a little yep. bit. And in my opinion, they're taking this series a lot more seriously, like in the sense that... The mainline chronology. Right. In the sense that we can't prequel it up and have like 60% of people happy with the outcome of the movie. We need like a solid 90%. Right. Well, and Nine has to resolve some stuff, right? If we're sticking with the trilogy model, Mm -hmm. it needs to go out with with a bang, not with a whimper. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. Sorry, I didn't finish my sentence there. But I hear that. Marvel's Inhumans 
Have you kept up on this at all? No, I saw something posted about it. I like I saw it come up under new shows. Maybe in hindsight, we should have covered Marvels and Humans when we talked about the Defenders there the other week because they Marvel put out two new shows. But it's supposed to be famously bad, right? It's like like abominably bad. Like right. nobody can believe how bad it is. It's sitting at zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. People are saying it is by so far and away the worst thing Marvel's put out since like the '60s. Really? And nobody can figure out why. And is it supposed to be on the same part? Like, it's basically supposed to be a kind of an X-Men story, isn't it? I, I guess. I don't really know anything about it. I saw a short trailer for it, and I kind of thought, aren't we doing this with Legion? Like, can't Legion be the thing right now? Right. Well, in keeping with my theory that studios start to downplay stuff when they can tell ahead of time that it's not going to do well critically, <laughs> Yeah. they start to, like, withdraw some of their promotion. So you mm. saw a lot of promotion for the Defenders. There was no ignoring that Defenders was coming, right. I guess because the reviews were okay. Um, but in humans, to me anyway, it just felt like it snuck up. Like, tell I, no one. I think because they didn't want <laughs> anybody realizing how badly they, they screwed the pooch. Man, that's bad. I Now, it's got a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, goose egg. That's hard to... How does dis? What is disjointed? Probably has like eighty percent. No, disjoint. Disjointed's doing extremely poorly. Oh, okay. Which I I hoped for. That's good. I hope Young Sheldon does too. Yeah, me too. Screw that. It's just such a terrible cash grab. The concept of Young Sheldon does yeah. like the whole. The only thing salvageable mm-hmm. morally about the character of Sheldon is that though it takes forever and though it's in very small steps he does grow a little bit more human as the series goes on right we're in season 10 or 11 or whatever it is now at the beginning he was completely inhuman frankly he was a robot and feelingless and now i think he's engaged to amy or like slowly but surely he's gotten a little bit more sensitive so we're gonna go back to before all that development and just see a child (laughs) <laughs> be cruel and I mean I hate uh, like bratty as cruel kids. as possible. I hate bratty kids on TV. I got no time for it. Yeah. You mentioned Legion. I saw a trailer yesterday for a movie starring Dan Stevens. It's mm, kind of cool that he's getting cool. leading parts now. Yeah. Although I don't really know how big of a deal this is going to be. The movie is called The Man Who Invented Christmas. Um, and I don't know if it's taking itself super seriously, it seems kind of like a comedy, but he plays Charles Dickens in it. I read about this during but I the time when it. a Christmas Carol is being written and published. Yeah. Um, and about all of the quirky little things that inspire him to write this story. It seems like it's not taking itself too seriously. Um, but I'm intrigued by this because I wrote a book based on that book. Right. Um, and uh, I like Dan Stevens a lot. Christmas is going to kick in. It's coming, right after Halloween. coming soon. <laughs> we need to be prepared for our Christmas costumes. That's true. Our Christmas costumes are important. This was the worst Labor Day for box offices in 17 years. I believe that. What weekend. was out? Well, nothing. I mean, it, it seems like this summer started really strong. There's lots of talk about how this is a really bad summer, and it is, again, the worst box office summer since 2006. Um, it started strong with Wonder Woman. They made a shit ton of money there. And I think we had a Fast and the Furious movie this year, didn't we? Yes, we did. Pirates Wait. did okay. And uh, mm-hmm. um, Spider-Man obviously did really well. Guardians. We had a strong start yeah. to the year. And then it's just really petered out in the second half. There's been nothing. No good indies other than The Big Sick. You're right. I, I told you the other day that I saw uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and I think you would really love it. And I think if you watch it within the next week, you'll come back and say, oh, it was so good. I'm sure you're right. And I would like to see it. We watched a movie this weekend called Carrie Pilby. 
I don't, I don't remember the name of the actress. Sounds amazing. We liked it. I don't remember the name of the actress, but she was the main girl in Diary of a Teenage Girl. Did okay. you remember hearing about that movie that came out a couple years ago with like Kristen Wiig? And, um, no. it, Becky and I hated it. We almost walked out. Not because it was, it was technically a poor film, but because it just made us so unhappy uh-huh. um, about this 15-year-old girl who's like, having sex with her mom's boyfriend it was very oh troubling. my god it's like skeleton twins but like that made me it feel was it so miserable it was so god. miserable no because the skeleton twins at least had that wonderful uh lip sync sequence where they sing nothing's gonna stop us now that's the only saving grace it had but at least it had that see i stopped it before that so i didn't even get to any <laughs> levity this 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 didn't exist in that other movie but this actress has gotten a little bit older and she plays this sort of jilted genius who graduated harvard at 19 and she has a she has daddy issues and she's gotcha. trying to find love in new york city it was up me and becky's alley maybe less so yours but the the cast was good it had nathan lane and um nathan lane and uh vanessa bayer was in it it was a it was a good sure. movie yeah, we yeah I, I would watch that it was it was it was schmaltzy don't but it was kill sweet. me out of that i i feel i i would like it i don't think you have a closed mind across genres that's good but uh I, I saw it for what it was. It wasn't a masterpiece, but it was it was sweet. It was fun. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, oh, so we talked last week about how the first set movie, the first set shot came out for the movie Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. which bothers me every time I have to identify it that way. We have to call the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> yeah. Whose yeah. dumbass idea that was, I have no idea. Brian Singer's making this movie, by the way, which kind of illuminates why it's so uncreative frankly he's really nothing special um but the photo came out yesterday of rami malik as freddie mercury i'm on board by the look of that photo it looks good yeah and he has a mustache imagine that well the reason everybody seems to be so convinced that sasha baron cohen is the only imaginable actor Mm. even though he's fucking older than freddie mercury ever got to be who could play freddie mercury because he once had a mustache in a movie they were able to give rami malik a mustache too it seems like we have surmounted our biggest obstacle they must have cgi'd it on i don't i can't imagine I, i have no idea how they pulled it off but they got a mustache on that boy. <laughs> That's what they should have called the movie. <laughs> they got a mustache on that boy. <laughs> the Freddie Mercury story. Just <laughs> call it Caterpillar, starring Rodney Malik. That would be great. I like it. But there was all kinds of criticism yesterday. I don't know why Reddit is so determined uh, on Sasha Baron Cohen like he's fine and everything but somebody had the audacity to say there is no way Sasha Baron Cohen wouldn't have won an Oscar for this movie <laughs> <laughs> that is preposterous that would have been impossible that is preposterous to, to say we don't know if he, if he can even act we have no idea uh, it would have been impossible it would have been impossible for him not to win the Oscar um, Apple and Amazon, I just read this today, both in the running to secure the 007 rights, which are apparently up for grabs after the next film. Apple and Amazon? Both want it separately. Oh, they both want it separately. Okay. Yes. Okay. Be interesting because Amazon is really putting their foot forward in the movie studio TV yeah. production business. And I feel like Amazon will just go all out. Do like Does Amazon have more money at this point than Apple? I don't know about that, but Jeff Bezos has more money than say anyone <laughs> uh tim what's his name tim cook yeah or even steve jobs was gonna have by this point i think like jeff bezos is uh, he's, it. he's neck and neck with bill gates for being the richest man in the world and he is roided out 
Is he? Yeah, he's just super jacked now. Like, no if you way. see a picture of him from, like, when he, like, in, like, 98 versus now, mm. he's, like, bald and tanked. Yeah. Absolutely tanked. Like, looked like a super huge nerd in 98. Now he looks like if that super huge nerd took steroids or maybe just ate right and really? worked out constantly. Well, he probably does like those things. Yeah, but he's, like, his arms look like, you know, like, he looks like Mark Wahlberg. Like, he wow. doesn't look like... Because he's probably a not guy a big guy fit. like Mark Wahlberg. He's probably not that tall. He's right. probably just like a lean little guy. Yeah, well, was lean. Now yeah. he's like pretty pretty beefy. Like a month ago when he first surpassed Bill Gates as the richest man on earth, the, the story, the headline was something to the effect of, after starting his book-selling business in his parents' garage in 1989 or whenever it was, I don't know mm-hmm. when he started Amazon, but in whatever year, uh, Jeff Bezos has just become the richest person on earth. And I found that headline so sensationalized and obnoxious because it implies that until he became the richest person on earth, he was a failure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like between Finally. starting his bookstore in the garage and having $90 billion, yeah. everything else was just him scratching his way through, him oh, just struggling God. to get by. He's been a billionaire since like 1998. Yeah. <laughs> also, like I have no idea how people are motivated to go beyond $90 billion. I agree. You know, like it it must be. Is he trying to hit a trillion? Is he trying to just like do what he wants? If he's trying to just do what he wants, I get it. But it seems like at this point, it's it's he's an egomaniac. I mean, a guy like that could still get upset by his shareholders, right? If he wasn't still contributing good ideas to the company, or Mm -hmm. if they thought he was holding them back, they could buy him out. Mm -hmm. And then he could go off and live on his island somewhere or whatever, and that'd be fine. He must still be contributing, the same way Bill Gates is still contributing to his company. Alternatively, a good portion of the money both of those guys are making now is in the fluctuating shares of their company. Right. You know, so they could oust him or whatever. Well, I find it's often hard, hard to understand some of these guys anyway because I'm the type of person where if someone offered me 10 million for anything I was doing you'd never see me again <laughs> yeah all right you got it I totally agree you know like at what point are you like no this is my passion and I need to keep doing this I don't know I think it's maybe just a sense of purpose or because I hear you uh, although I don't and I agree with you but I don't think that's the attitude that gets people to billions of dollars in the first place so it was that's never right. it was never about the money it was never about the money but Zuckerberg, that's right and that's so good says, it shouldn't be about the money until right. it is offered well and money's not my greatest motivator in life at all but no. to not have to worry about money changes how you do everything yeah. that's just a fact of life definitely I think we can only suppose for now it is not ours to say why these days that's true until we get those uh those stamps got to stamps.com advertisements for the podcast that's right we become become 90 billionaires uh, supposed to be coming through soon yes i think so all right never go to the post office again Uh, let's just hey stay at home do you find stamps.com overestimates how much we have to go to the pot the post office i and and how and how inconveniencing how inconvenient it is to have to go to the (laughs) podcast Yeah. They were like, ugh. Like the last time I was at the post office in general. You don't want to go to the post like office. 20 years ago. Where is stamps.com getting the advertising money from to advertise on every podcast? I know. Across, like, literally every podcast I've ever listened to well, has a stamps.com. Like, app. like four years ago, they were definitely number one podcast advertiser. And then yeah. like two years ago, it was Squarespace. Squarespace, yeah. And now I really feel like it's like Blue Apron. Blue and Apron's huge. ZipRecruiter. Zip I'm hearing on everything. Big. Yeah, Casper mattresses a yes. little bit. Casper 
Is Lisa big too, or is that just on a couple that I listen to? I don't think I know that one. Okay, it's just Casper then. I also just, oh, Audible definitely does a lot of podcast yep. ads. Yep. I don't listen to the ads that much anymore though. I know. I try to skip. <laughs> skip, skip, skip. Hopefully those advertisers come to our podcast. <laughs> you can just skip them. Unless we did it. Indiana Jones 5 is still in production, which is bizarre. Yep. I think one of the main reasons Harrison Ford agreed to do Star Wars Episode 7 was because they would let him do Indiana Jones 5, which you wouldn't think he'd want to do either of those movies. I know. I think he was going to want to get killed off in Indiana Jones 5. Oh, really? That would be terrible. <laughs> I think I think it's going to be like, yeah, just let the boulder go over me this time. <sighs> Um, they said this week that they're not going to involve Shia LaBeouf's character at all. They're not going to recast. They're not going to ask him to come back. They're just going to kind of pretend Let that Indiana Jones doesn't have a son. Oh, right. That was his son. Yeah, that was right. God, what would Indiana, what would Shia LaBeouf be like in the next Indiana Jones movie? I don't know. I still want to think that Shia LaBeouf might be like one of the great visual artists of our time, but he just yeah. can't get out of his own way. He, but like, you know, 10 years from now, we might be like, oh my God. Once Shia LaBeouf won those back-to-back, like, he becomes very Daniel Day. That could happen. I, I think that could happen. I think that we could look back on it and be like, well, remember when he was, like, such a mess, but now he's so refined? Right. He's going to play, or he has played, uh, John McEnroe in this new movie. Yeah. Uh, I heard John McEnroe talk about it, though. He's not so on board? No. He's well, like, it's not going to portray him very flatteringly, is it? Because his history is so aggressive. But he's okay with that. He's like, you know, some people yeah. have sent me stuff. Like, he's written about it. He's been in documentaries about himself. Yeah. He just hasn't. And he owns up to it, I think, for the most part. Okay, but I would argue that any movie that presents a depiction of a real person. Yes. That the person is 100% comfortable and satisfied with probably did it too flatteringly. That's right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so, but like, you, still, there's people that are on board with biopics, aren't there? Yeah, in most cases, usually they're sanctioned. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I and would love also, to see it be a huge success. I would love to see that, too. But again, he's just such a mouthpiece, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I think he seems like an, an okay guy. Like, there are no famous, like, fan encounter issues with Shia LaBeouf. Like, he's a, he seems like a sweet person. Maybe sweet's not the right word, but like he seems like he has a good heart. He yeah. definitely has his heart in the right place. He just doesn't do it properly a lot, and he makes poor choices with like drinking and stuff. Sure. Don't we all? Anyway, so he's not going to be an Indiana Jones. Not that he was really the problem with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No! That movie. Who's directing it? Is it going to be Spielberg again? I think so. All right. He's like I- maintaining his his whole thing the whole way through. The He should have uh, done it with like Jurassic Park. Yeah, I guess. He would have made some money, but he doesn't need money. That's true. He needs passion. Uh, the uh, Indiana Jones and the... What's the main Indiana Jones movie called? Why am I blanking on Raiders? This? Yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. is going to be one of the movies they show at the Oxford Theater for its final week of shows. That'll be cool. That's cool. I'd like to see that. I haven't seen Indiana Jones in years. No? No. Ah, oh, man. It's been so long. Such great movies. Stranger Things, speaking mm-hmm. of uh, theaters... The Duffer Brothers have announced that they are open to an IMAX release of season two. Cool. Be kind of cool. I'm not against it. No. You'll get your diehard fans out there. I remember I was at a Harry Potter movie for one of the like, like midnight screenings. Yeah. And I found it too hard to even be in the room with all the, the fans. huge potheads. Yeah. Yeah. Is Potter that what they call them? Potterheads. Potterheads. Potterboard. Potter yeah, I'm surprised there's not a word. Potterboards. <laughs> the Harry. Carries. I don't know. I don't know what, yeah, what you'd sure. call them. Surprise, there's not a word for it. Yeah. 
Hermione Herminers? I don't know. I don't think so. Anyway. I don't think it's that. You don't think it's the Hermione Herminers? No, I don't think it's the Hermione Herminers. <laughs> well, I give it a shot. Give it the old college try. That's all I got for news. That's all there is for entertainment news this week. That's fine. There's not a whole lot going on. No, there's not a whole lot. That's good. That's all right. Let's talk the better. Back to school week this week. Yes. It is your turn to pick which show you would like to recap. Okay. For this episode of the show show, which focuses on the pilots of David Simon. Okay. So I'm going to choose because it's the most recent in my memory. And although I read the synopsis for the other show, I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to do the deuce. Now I need a second to collect myself. Okay. Think about where we started. Right. And where we ended. Take a second. Take a second to collect yourself. Okay. Are you, did you put emphasis on second because we can't have any longer than that? No. Okay. No. But um, see, if this helps. It started with the drop. That was where the episode started. That's right. Okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Think right. You got this. I'm good for it. All right. Yes. Three, two, one. Okay, so the story centers around Vincent, who uh, works at a bar and a restaurant. He's, at, at the beginning, going out to uh, drop some money, and these two guys rob him, uh, hit him with a gun. It shows how dangerous New York City is. He, the next day, is working. Ah, fuck sakes. Why don't I just write this stuff down? I'm so sorry. I started to laugh. <laughs> uh, can I try to do it again? Sure, yeah. You okay. have to start from the beginning, though. I don't even think that that's like a, a key plot point of it. What, that New York City is dangerous? Because <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that's what got me. I, I don't think that, I don't think the fact that he even got robbed is dangerous. I think that was... It's not. It only serves uh, so that you can tell so you the can difference. Scar. So you can tell the difference between Vinny and Frank. Okay. okay. You have to start at the beginning, though. All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Vinny, played by James Franco, works at a bar. He also works at a restaurant. He loses his job at the bar because he quits because he wants to go have dinner with his wife. His wife's leaving him. Uh, at the same time, there's stories about multiple pimps and prostitutes. Uh, there's some crossover between the two. Also, Vinny has a twin. The twin owes a bunch of money, and Vinny uh, is constantly like mistaken for his brother and told that he owes money. Um, shows the lighter side of pimps, the lighter side of prostitutes, and family life of both. <laughs> All right, good. I, I was going to say the darker side of both as well. It was too. better. I, I figured you would probably choose to recap the deuce just because it would be fresher in your memory. And yeah. I, I was relieved for that, if only because there's so much happening in this 80 or 90 minute pilot that yeah. you can't cover it all in 30 seconds. No. Like you didn't even get to Candy. You didn't get to Maggie Gyllenhaal. No, I, I had to just say pimps and prostitutes. Yeah. One of the pimps was Method Man too. You think I wasn't going to bring that up in a recap? No, you're right. And Maggie Gyllenhaal, of course. She did not have a pimp, though. She works alone. I know. She was an independent prostitute. Yeah. That's that's dangerous in New York City. Yeah. New York is dangerous. Yeah, and that's actually, like, the way that the pimps were saying it, too. Like, you know, that's super dangerous. Like, I can represent you. Well, Although, as evidenced by the last scene of the episode, having a pimp is dangerous, too. That's right. And and you kind of knew that going into it. And I was kind of surprised at how lighthearted um, a lot of these pimps were. Like with their, And they seemed so protective through the whole thing. And I thought... Don't pimps also kind of have a reputation for being a bit violent towards yeah, so, prostitutes? Yeah, so just to cover what happens there, the first sequence we see with pimps is this this shyster named Cece, yeah. who just like goes to the train station and recruits new ladies. Mm -hmm. And so he's got this, uh, I don't know, I'll call her a veteran. She's been around the block a few times and 
He's flirting with her in the bar at one point earlier in the episode. Later on, he's in the bar. She comes in the pouring rain and says it's raining out. She's complaining. She doesn't want to walk the streets in the rain. And he's very sweet about it. He's like, I know, but you got to work. And then he's like, okay, I'll tell you what. How about you and I go upstairs? Like like they're going to have like a little break together. Let's go talk about it. Next we see them. He's literally like cut open her arm. Yeah. And is like telling her, don't you ever complain about work again. Yeah. Like he seemed like, I mean, you know that he's not a good guy because he's a pimp. That's right. But- it was actually valuable for me to see that because I'm like you. I was kind of just like, just easy, just easily watching these pimps and, and prostitutes <laughs> like, have have a professional relationship, and that's not realistic. Yeah, you're like, is this what this world is like? It yeah. doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what's interesting is for for a show that bills itself as uh, set around the genesis of the porn industry in yeah. New York City. The word pornography was never said once in the show. That's right. There was never no, referenced porn. There was no illusion. It was really doing a buildup to, I guess, what the show becomes, which is about porn. Well, when... I, I, I guess it wasn't Vinny. It was it was Frank, wasn't it? Who's having sex with the girl when the... when the In that last scene with the, with the cutting when he goes to see what the screaming is. Oh, was that Frank? Because he he had just we had just come from a scene with with Vinny and Zoe Kazan, right? Um, and it seemed like they were like not going to get back together, but they were kind of oh, rekindling. But the pimp actually says his name while he's walking through the hallway, and I think he says Vincent. Okay, one of the one yeah. of the Francos, yeah, uh, is urged by the by the woman he's sleeping with to go check on this crazy noise that's coming from down the hall. Because you're right, it must have been Vinny because he's living in the terrible hotel that's where right. all the where all the prostitutes are. Must have been Vinny. Uh, so he goes down, and I was very sure because the episode was wrapping up, and I had, it had occurred to me that there was no reference to pornography yet. I thought he was going to walk in on a, sh- on a shooting. I thought he was going to walk in, in on like... Right, on porn on shoot. Like, yeah, on, like a, on somebody making a movie, and that right. was going to be where they'd leave it off. That was not what right. happened. Like, wait a second. I could make some money off of this. Now, it's my understanding that Maggie Gyllenhaal's character kind of... Uh, do, her, she develops into this porn director... Oh wow! So like she gets out of the the hooking game, right? And she like becomes a filmmaker and sees porn for the art that it can be, right? So not what you might think it would be, where like you know maybe the prostitute, maybe the you know prostitutes start doing porn, which is kind of where I thought it was going. Well, and it's set around uh, like 1972, I think, which is roughly when pornography was legalized in New York City, mm-hmm. and so. Because prostitution is obviously not legal. I think a lot of these women are like, well, this is safer and it's legal and I'm protected. So it's it's still uh, using my skill set, for the lack of a better word. Um, but it's a little bit more straight and narrow if I right. get into this game rather than that one. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe where this show is headed. Right. Did you see Boogie Nights? Yes, I did. Have Paul you? Thomas Anderson. Yeah, I saw it. God, it's such a dark movie. It is dark. Well, it's dark, but I found this darker. Did you? Yeah, I mean, besides when like William H Macy blows his head off, like it has its it has uh, it, they're both about the gritty underbelly of like porn. Yeah, I think Boogie Nights was in California. It, it was, it was like, just Silicon such Valley. a slow like like Boogie Nights almost made you think it was gonna be a bit of a comedy for the first. It's called Boogie Nights. Quarter of it, yeah, yeah. And, and then it slowly gets darker and darker, and all of a sudden you're witnessing someone who's like. Really, it's almost like more requiem for a dream kind of down spiral. Sure. Of like, oh my god. This of drugs is and and um yeah yeah feeling, feeling validated. Yeah, like oh god, why would you ever get into this life? No, don't do that. Oh no, this is the worst. I couldn't help but watch the deuce through that lens. Yeah. Because that's the only like I mean it's an obvious comparison to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do you know why it's called the Deuce? I just learned this. Yeah, well, I think because the like they're twin brothers, and one of them is the Deuce. No. Oh, okay. Although maybe that's like the duality of I, the name. Yeah, I thought that someone even called his brother the Deuce at one point. Okay, maybe that's well. Not true. The Deuce is a is a term that New Yorkers use. Apparently, mm-hmm. it's a nickname for Forty Second Street, which at the time was often called the Forty Deuce or right. the Deuce. Forty okay. Second Street was where uh, Known like for American por- porn pornography. Was yeah, gotcha. So, so maybe it refers to the twins. I actually didn't know that Franco played two characters in this show. And so when he's initially playing Vinny and then there's all these references to his brother Frank and how Frank is like a con man and owes a lot of people money, I figured for sure Vinny was just a made-up person he assumed yeah. to get out of the debts he owed as Frank. Right. Uh, and then it turns out they're not... They're, they're different people. Man, how are they going to do this throughout the rest of the show? Is he always going to have the scar on his head from... Like, how are we going to know when it's Vinny and when it's Frank? Or is one of them going to grow a beard or shave their head? I don't know, except for that Frank, who's the the dark and shady one, not Mm -hmm. the noble one. um, There was almost this, like, kind of campy, obvious, uh, like, scowl on his face. Like, Franco was doing, like, a Mr. Hyde expression when he was playing Frank, which I found a little cheesy. But but I I kind of liked, I don't know why I liked this, but I liked that there was still some, like, love between the brothers. Like, there clearly wasn't, it wasn't a completely antagonistic relationship. Right. They kind of had each other's backs. Well, I think they're going to go into business together. Yeah. I think they're going to, like, operate this, this, this porn porn house. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll, I don't know, man. Kind of anxious to see where it goes. I want to watch more of it. I think they did a good job of world building, like right off the top. I think they really like introduced this new, uh, this new universe. Yep. Um, you know, the bar and Mm -hmm. the street corner Mm -hmm. and the, I keep wanting to say whorehouse. That's terrible. I should never say that, but the, the prostitute house (laughs) where they all live. Very politically correct. Um, even that I don't feel right about, uh, they were almost like sets. They looked like sets, like for a play or something, but on a really grand scale. Right. I was impressed by that. Yeah, and uh, it almost seems like if you were going to pair it with a show, one of the shows you could potentially pair it with would be uh, Vinyl. Hmm. Although Vinyl, like I liked the way this went a lot more than Vinyl. Yep. Like it seemed like Vinyl reached to show you everything in the first or like episode. Empire is an Empire set in a similar era. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't really know either. I think it's about like a I'm record never, company. Yeah. I kind of thought that Empire was current day, but maybe Maybe it does take place in like the 60s. I really don't know. Shows how much we like Empire. What do you think about the character of Abby, who's like going to school and she has a test and she's like a brainiac economically? Oh, I was super interested to see where that went. Like, you could tell she... She gets picked up for drugs. I really thought that cop was going to rape her and he didn't. Uh, Yeah, I thought he was going to force her to go home with her. Yeah. And then she kind of just ended up hanging out at the bar with Vinny. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause you kind of see in the second scene with her that she's using her body to get the best out of the prof because she sleeps with him and says something to the effect of, you know, I guess I don't have to worry too much about studying now right? <laughs> because she's 20 and he's like, you could never tell anyone about this. And she goes, Oh, well, I guess I don't need to memorize that much. Yet. Yeah. So seems like she's kind of looking out for her own interests. Well, she's definitely a rebel. That. She doesn't like... I mean, she just bails on her exam. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think she'll probably end up in the industry. Yeah. But, I, it's, but it's interesting because so many of these other women appear to be from really dark, 
uh, backgrounds. And right. She doesn't appear to be from a dark background. Like she's right. going to a good school and everything, but yeah. she wants to rebel. And you can tell that Vinny's kind of a, a good businessman. Like he comes up with the idea to give out free drinks outside, um, outside the bar, like or empty glasses if they go in and fill their drink. And then, yeah. and then dress the the women kind of scantily so that they'll get more tips, and they do. And and that young brainiac actually makes the point of like, don't you feel weird about objectifying women? And he's like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. But he deep down knows exactly. What I she didn't means. expect to see Zoe Kazan in this. She's having a good summer. Yeah, yeah. What else? Well, because she was in the Big Sick. She's in the Big Sick. Right. Yeah. She's she's made some indie movies. Mostly. Yeah, and I've seen those indie movies. She's pretty good. Did the you one see with- the Big Sick? No, I saw the one with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, yeah, the F word. The F word. Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Yeah, it was good. That was sweet, yeah. yeah. And she was in Ruby Sparks, which I've given my uh, my recommendation of. Right. She wrote Ruby Sparks. No way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, she's cool. She's that's, a, she's that's a good, good actress. Know that's who she is. Yeah. She's the writer of Zoe Kazan. She has been around a little bit. I think her, I think her parents are industry people. Oh, really? I think so. She also... Gave uh, some very interesting comments during the Gian Gameshi um, right. fiasco. Yes. When it first came out that he was a pig, she tweeted this long thread. I think that was the last time we talked about this. It's really heinous story about how um, when she was on to be interviewed by him, he flirted with her a lot and he called her damaged. He's like, you're, you're perfect for me. You're just my kind of damaged, which right. is creepy and, yeah. and mean. And then he showed up at a party she was at later and like stalked her. And, right. Yeah. And she tweeted all that. She tweeted it all. She got it all out there. It's all out there. Yeah. What was the symbolism of the Tale of Two Cities movie that uh, that girl was watching with her old man client, the John that she goes to see? She like just goes to his place, and they don't screw around. They just like watch he, movies. He just wants company. Yeah, which is sweet yeah. and sad. Yeah. Uh, and they watched a, a film version of A Tale of Two Cities. Uh, it occurred to me that there's probably a, a symbolism in the choice of The Tale of Two Cities, which is about... I mean, it's about London and Paris, but it's about the underbelly of society, right? And right. about how to different classes, uh, cities are different things. Totally. And that's really what the deuce is about. Yep. Although we're really only dealing with underbelly people in this show. Yeah, pretty it's, much. Even the cops don't seem that above board. Well, it's not like The Wire in that it's right. very distinctly divided among the the two different sides. Yeah. I don't want to say good guys and bad guys because that's distinctly not what The Wire is about. That's right. But uh, about the two different sides the yeah the society side and the underbelly side and this is not really like that it's pretty much all gritty customers yep. tough customers yep it's funny because it's funny that you picked up that it was a tale of two cities because i don't think i could tell that well the last line was a far far better thing i do than i've ever done before that's a tale of that's two a, cities. from a tale of two cities yeah. you need to know one thing about me sweets <laughs> not you can't read okay i can't read i'm illiterate <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. People have told me to read it, and right. I just say, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it. You just watch The Deuce instead. I just w- you got the yeah. picture of A Tale of Two Cities from The Deuce. That's right. Yeah. It was the blurst of times. Uh, give it your S, recommendation. Yeah, I think I think for sure. I mean, I it's one of those shows. It's one of those shows you can't, like, it's a weird one to look forward to. Sure. But I guess you kind of want to follow the story. I'm definitely curious. I found it to be a little bit too long. Like I said, it's pushing an hour and a half. And, and I don't think every episode will be like that, but it'll be probably 50 minutes. Probably. And that's probably better. If this one had been 50 minutes, I think they could have condensed all that down to 50 minutes because yeah. um, they introduced a lot and that's okay. But uh, the second half was really good. By the end of it, I was like, oh, okay, I really enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to when I was a quarter right. way through. Um, 
Yeah, I definitely give it my ass. I recommend The Deuce. It's kind of interesting. Do you know if it's going to be a limited series or if they intend to just keep going? I have no idea. they got some famous people in this thing. Definitely. And and I kind of wonder if they're going to have more, uh, like, you know, they kind of just, like, touched on the whole mob part of it. Mm. Like, this could be, like, a straight-up mob slash porno slash, like, crime show yeah you know it might take on more of like a i don't know because his vincent's wife zoe yeah Kazan, yeah uh her whole family is like belong like belongs to the mob and she says like you could have been made like my dad could have you, you could have been a made man she's right. like I, no i don't want to do that yeah so he's a little bit noble but he's also like oh i didn't even really pick up that she was that her dad was a mob boss yeah i didn't yeah. really know what they were talking about but that makes sense yeah because she says uh one of, he says like the when the brothers are talking to he notes that like you know her family's full of uh like you know her, her brothers, two brothers her brothers are shylocks and her dad's a mob boss or something right yeah okay yeah anyway i don't know i don't know if she's gonna stick around forever because it seems like they're not gonna stay married so. yeah but he has two kids that's another thing i wasn't really sure if he was being honest about right what are they his kids that's what was implied yeah i guess yeah. it is anyway and I, then I, he just but he's also not a great guy like no. he screwed around on his wife a whole bunch and she like you kind of learn that at the end of the episode but he's supposed to seem largely noble like he's supposed to have like especially in comparison to his brother frankie yeah appears to be the better guy yes he's definitely the better guy yeah what do you think about james franco uh i think he seems like a i don't know seems like a good actor yeah i don't know what do you mean like personally no i think personally he's probably fine and he's like really funny in those stoner comedies yep um and like I think that he loves art, and I think it's cool that he does as much stuff as he does. Mm-hmm. And he's had some good performances, but I'm not sure he's like a genius. No, you know, like some people, like he got nominated for 127 Hours, and I never saw that movie for obvious it, reasons. It wasn't but like it, I don't know if he has that many layers as an actor. No, and 127 Hours, I don't think is going to go down as like one of the greats of all time. It's not like it was. Is that Danny Boyle? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it's not one of those movies that ended up being like, you know, it's, it's not like Schindler's List or, or like an, an equal movie that didn't necessarily win Best Picture Oscar. But like it's like one of those pictures that shouldn't have won. It's Best not a Picture classic Oscar. is what you're saying. No, it's not a classic at yeah, all. I agree. No one's talking about 127 hours now unless they're talking about movies where someone cuts their own arm off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the reason I couldn't watch that movie. It's like the main reason for the movie. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that like I... I I don't really see the value in a movie that's all built around one, one notorious incident. Right. Like this guy, I don't know how long it took him to do it, an hour or whatever, it, whatever it took. But like, mm. um, I don't imagine the cutting off your arm sequence takes as long as it took him in real life. Right. If it did, um, that movie is perverse. Yeah. And if it was, if it didn't take as long as I perhaps assume it took, then what's the rest of the movie? I don't know. Yeah, I think it did take him a long time because I remember watching the documentary about it. Yeah. It was like a 60 minutes thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is going to upset your Probably stomach. Probably will. Probably. <laughs> it's my head, actually, when I get nauseous. It's really? not in my stomach. It's ah, okay. in my head. I get all dizzy and shit. Anyway, it's, uh, it's an interesting documentary if you want to watch it. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> 
What's the name of the main character in The Wire, the main detective? McNulty. McNulty. Okay. James, I'm not gonna have I'm not gonna have an easy time with this. James McNulty. The Jimmy, other one Jimmy McNulty, yeah. Stringer Bell. Yep. Uh Avon Barksdale. Yep. And that's Yeah, that's nice. Those, those are kind bunk. of the, his partner's bunk. His partner's bunk. I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do a lot of names in this. That's fine, you don't have to. I I didn't remember any names for uh the previous show we just talked about. I think the problem with this show, The Wire, is that they do a lot of setting up in this pilot episode, and not a whole lot of plot happens. No. Well, not a lot of plot happens. That's not really fair, but it's subtle, and you kind of have to... A lot has already been happening in their world, and you kind of just have to catch up. That's funny. Which is cool with them. Yeah. That's that's cool. Anyway, set up my timer. I guess I'll okay. recap the pilot episode of what many consider to be one of the great TV shows of all time... Uh, just last minute, we decided to, to do this on the podcast today because we realized David Simon had created The Deuce and The Wire. Yeah. So we're going to talk about his masterpiece. Give me a countdown. I'm going to go on go. All right. It's going to be three, two, one, go. Detective McNulty is in the courtroom overseeing the trial of this uh, local gang guy who he believes uh, committed all of these murders. And they put the security guard on the stand, somebody who's already been uh, uh, inquisitioned. She seems to change her story last minute, which ultimately uh, results in the acquittal of this gang guy. He gets off. Uh, McNulty then gets in trouble with his superior because he tries to figure out what happened by going over his boss's head, and he gets in trouble with his wife. Yeah. That's like... That's a pretty standard plot line for The Wire. Is it? Well, yeah. It's, it, really? Is The Wire formulaic? No, no, it's not It's not formulaic at all. But, like, all of all of those things, like, McNulty would be known for getting in trouble with his wife and also going over his boss's head. Yeah. Like, he's got a problem with superiors. Right. Um, and, by the way, I found his captain... Was the major? Major. Yeah. I found him to be a little melodramatic. And he was, like, so angry with McNulty... Like calling him like a a good for nothing piece of shit. Yeah, and I was like, settle down. Right, because because in the end, now I only saw the first ten minutes of the pilot. I've I've watched the entire series, but I only saw the first ten minutes of the pilot before I realized I wasn't gonna have enough time to watch all of it. So I, I didn't know you watched the whole series. Yeah. Do you agree that it's one of the great shows of all time? Yeah, I think it's. I think I watched it knowing that. Right. And it it's a bit of a slow burn and it even begs the question would this show be as successful right now because there's not all and and critically at the time it it did really well but it was post sopranos but pre-breaking back yeah and it 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 had more of a cult like well it was also like during sopranos well it's starting 2002 yeah I, i guess i was a little bit unclear about when uh, the wire was on because it looked older than 2002. Isn't it crazy? It looked, it I, I thought like it was 94. Like 95. Um, when was The Sopranos on? Sopranos it was a little was earlier about, than that. So The Sopranos started about 97, but yeah. it ended up running through how many seasons did they do? I would say at least 2005 or 2006. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they so overlapped a little seasons. bit. Yes. Um, yeah, it looked it looked so old, and it's weird because I I guess I just perceived the legacy of the wire as being mm-hmm. something that had to have been longer ago than just when I was in junior high. Right, and it's by this by the time you get to you know the the fifth season in two thousand eight, you can tell there's like oh okay now everyone has computers and laptops. Well, and that cell and phones. like Idris Elba doesn't look that different except for that he's thinner. Yeah, I'll tell you who looks different though, and I didn't even realize was in the wire. Our boy Michael B. Jordan. 
No way. I didn't know. Who was Michael B. Jordan? Well, wait a second. You don't know Michael B. Jordan was in the no. Wire? No. You watched the show? Uh, well, I only watched the first 10 minutes of it. Okay, let me Google Michael B. Picture. Jordan in the first episode? Yeah. And he had a reoccurring character, as far as I understand, because he was in all kinds of like wiki um, articles that I read about it. Michael B. Jordan. I'm looking up a picture so you can see him. The Wire. All right. It, you, you can tell it's him, but he just looks so young. Oh, whoa. I don't even think that I would look at that and know that was Michael B. Jordan at all. You do looking at him now, though. Yeah. Yeah, a bit. But it still looks like a like, come on. That looks a lot more like him. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it was just the last photo. I mean, I guess he's become a household name. So maybe when you watched it, he wasn't so famous. No. You were well, he, out for him. he definitely wasn't so famous. He right. was maybe on the brink of doing. So that guy was in it quite a bit? Yeah. 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 For a few seasons. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to give anything away there. But the funny thing about the show is like, there's a lot of people that you even see in the first episode that are no longer is that right there by that you know it's a show that's not afraid to kill its uh kill its darlings that's okay it's like i i feel like that it's one of the shows that really led the way for killing off main characters Mm. and every time it's done you're like whoa like kind of game of thrones style like can't believe they did that that's risky territory though i mean game of thrones is in a fortunate position where they were big enough by the time the Red Wedding happened yeah. where people weren't going to bail. Yeah. You know, but when you kill off, I mean, I guess they had already killed off like Ned Stark and they had had some pretty shocking deaths in Game of Thrones, but you have to be able to maintain um, uh, just intrigue among yeah. your audience after you've killed off people. Like, it's the reason I stopped watching Down Nabby because Dan Stevens' character died at the end of season three and I realized I don't care anymore. That was the, the reason. Real, I guess that was the heart of the show for me because right. I don't care anymore. Huh. And that's happened with other people. Now, tell me what you think about this. I love that you brought notes today. Yeah, I wrote some down. And I, honestly, I, I wanted to write more. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Wire now, what do you think that The Wire, like from the first episode, is about? Like, like even What's like... the main premise of the show? Yeah, yeah. What's the main premise of the show? Uh, the division and distinction mm-hmm. between... Uh, Drug investigators mm-hmm. and the drug culture of Baltimore. Yes, so that's that. You're right. That's exactly what the first yeah. season is about. The second season it ends up being like basically detectives and drug dealers and longshoremen. Okay, what's that mean? Like it's like people working on the docks, like bringing in drugs. Uh, well, not not necessarily drugs. Like it could be you know people working on the waterfront bringing in those big containers. Okay. Um, but that includes but drugs. Yes. Like, yes, there's yeah. smuggling and stuff, right. and that's what's going on. Um, and then the third season, I believe, is detectives, drug dealers, and the press. Mm-hmm. And the fourth season is detectives, youth, drug dealers, and the press. And I believe the fifth season is detectives, youth, drug dealers, the press, and politicians. So by involving a new subculture of... Of, of I guess the city with mm-hmm. each new season, how are they able to maintain their main cast as central focal points of the series? Well, it's funny because it just kind of seems like the cast keeps getting bigger. Okay, and, and also people are dying off, but right. you're showing different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. But the whole 
really, I think when when the show kind of boils down to it, it's just about how in a city people of different classes are always going to clash and shit's not going to change. Okay. Like you think that's the that's the message of a I really think it's like you you can't really fix it. Yeah, it's a hopeless depiction. That's, that's kind of the way really kind of the way it feels. You know how you kind of come into and there's a a bit of a finality. Yeah. To the to the entire show, but you know how you come in and stuff's happening? Mhm. I feel like it keeps happening. You go out and it keeps happening. Well, it's interesting then that I I acknowledge I guess that uh, you jump in and stuff's already. Yeah, it was way. a. It was super astute that you yeah. you noticed that somebody had had said in a in a recent post on Reddit about the wire that one of the one of the beautiful things about the show is that it doesn't necessarily evoke um, really physical emotions. It's not going to make you cry. It's not going to scare you, mm-hmm. but it does kind of chill you with the message that this is not necessarily the same world for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody more Murderland. It's crazy out there. It was interesting. It was like I thought they introduced a lot of characters in the pilot episode. What did you think about the intro? Uh, Where's McNulty sitting on the step? Right, and with that other and drug Snot dealer. had just gotten killed. Yeah, was that his name? Uh, yeah, they called him. Yeah, they called him Snot. Yeah, and that, so he's talking about the, the guy story he's talking to had just killed Snot, right? The detective? No. Because he's like McNulty he's, is talking to a guy on the Mc, stoop. Yeah, McNulty's talking to yeah that guy. He's did talking that, to a thug. Yeah, did the yeah. thug just kill Snot? I think so. Oh, because because he's talking about the okay. I could be wrong. I could have misinterpreted that. Yeah, I I think he was just kind of like standing there, like looking at his buddy. Okay, maybe you're right. Yeah. Oh, the thing we did leave out was the whole uh, subplot about the two drug addicts who make counterfeit money and then they try and scam yeah. the young drug dealers bubbles and his protege guy. And johnny does johnny, johnny die i don't remember johnny through the whole series because he so gets I caught with he... fake cash trying to buy drugs with fake money and they beat him senseless and he yeah. ends up in the hospital and bubbles is, is an informant yeah i guess as kind of revenge to avenge johnny right yeah. he gives he gives intel yeah to the cops yeah and he's actually got one of the most interesting arcs through the whole series does he heal a little bit does he get a little bit yes less, less mangy yep yeah there's a little bit of that um steve earl comes in in uh episode like copperhead road steve earl in season two yeah okay. and uh plays his like aa counselor i think it's season two and like m- continues making guest appearances throughout the show steve earl does they actually use steve earl's version of the song in i think the third season Okay. So they the theme song every season changes. It's the same oh, song. Fun. Yeah. But but by a new artist artist. Yeah. I think the second second season is by Tom Waits. Cool. Third season Steve Earl. And Those are it, all like, kind of akin bit. to one another though, that like haunting yeah. uh, saloon esque singer songwriter. That's right. There's kind of like a a dark seriousness to most of the songs that they have. There was a severity to the whole show. It was yeah. very, it was very dark. And did Idris have any lines? He was so silent, and, and he was very present in the in the episode. You're he was right. like all throughout it, but I don't think he said anything. I know in the first first episode, he turned to the detective and said, "Hey, you enjoy your day." Okay. <laughs> Remember when he was leaving? He's like, "You know, I'm gonna get you." Hey, you enjoy your day. 
Um, it's interesting. He's kind of become the most famous person, at least in the pilot, at least yep. that I've witnessed. He must yep. be one of the most famous people that's come from that show. Definitely. Uh, Dominic West. Um, you don't you see know, him a lot in things. He's in. Well, he's in that show, The Affair, which is. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's it's a. Uh, who's it? What show? Uh, my sister's prof actually writes The Affair, I guess. And that's cool. There was an episode where one of the characters got stabbed in the neck. Ugh. Because he got stabbed in the neck, like just getting off a bus randomly. We talked about this yeah. before. So, anyways, the affair I think is a sh- I want to say a Showtime show. Okay, but it might be Amazon. Anyways, again, pretty critically acclaimed. Idris Elba and Dominic West, both British. Mm. So I always give actors a lot of cred when they both British and David Simon didn't know they were British until like amid the first season. No way. Yeah. I did not know that. They like stayed in character on set and he was like shocked to find out at rap one week that they had British accents. That's he crazy. Thought they were joking. I, I didn't know through the first like two seasons, I think. Yeah. Um, did you know that uh, Ed Burns was actually a former Baltimore police detective? This is one of those situations yes. where, where we talk, we did a show like that recently where somebody used to be in the world where they're writing about now. Shit, maybe I'm screwing it up. I don't know. That's a, I can't think of it right now, but I'll probably come back next was week. It, well, the Leftovers? Who created The Leftovers? Did he? Was he a part of something? Well, uh, that was a show it? about some weird supernatural thing, so he probably didn't come from a... Well, it's Damon Lindelof. Yeah, it's Damon Lindelof. That's right. Who did Never lost, mind. Never but... mind. This is going to come up empty. I apologize. <laughs> no, that's all good. Yeah. Uh, well, but but other actors that were in it. Uh, did you know that the uh, the the bald dude who played Herc, um, he's like Mark Wahlberg's best friend in real life. Oh no way. Yeah. Who? What's the name of that actor? Um, who's like very tall and thin and gaunt, and he was in yeah. Lost. Yes, he's a great actor. He's a great actor. He's very scary. Yeah. He's just like got a very like ominous presence. I forget what his name is, but a number of the people in the show have gone on, and he's not one of them, but a number of the people in the show have gone on to um, act in The Walking Dead. Okay. For some reason, The Walking Dead seems to be a, a big one for a lot of the like tertiary characters in the I show. I guess Oz was a big crossover with, with The Wire as well. Oh, okay. A lot of people in common among the casts, even if just on an extended level. I could see that. In the two shows tonight, I think there's just one character that crossed over. Um, and I don't even know if the... Ca- I forget the character's name in The Wire, but he played the black cop in uh, The Deuce. Oh, with the big burns. Yeah. I recognized him. Yes. I, would, I wouldn't have recognized him from The Wire, though. Yep. That's what he was from. He uh, He's a a bald dude in the wire and he's one of the guys who's in the jury room anyways in the first episode i don't know if he has many lines okay but, but he's, he's basically more yeah he's like one of the head guys who's kind of running heroin in the uh in one of the like building units sure so he's like always out in the park and kind of like managing some of the like kids okay that he's got like running more heroin it was interesting, man. Like, I, it's one of those shows where, and we've done a lot of them lately. They're so lofty and they're so loaded, and there's yeah. so much fan culture mm-hmm. around them that it's hard to do it justice. But just in our ten-minute uh, discussion about what the show is and what it means, I thought it was a good pilot, and not all oh, pilots yeah. are good. It, a very good pilot, and and you know, it, it's again one of those shows that you don't necessarily want to sit down and and break off five episodes in a row. No. But you do want to go through and find out what happens in the story Mm. because there are certain certain peaks and falls in the whole thing that you really want to, like, oh, my God, they're so close to 
Stringer Bell. Like yeah. they're really on a case here. So Stringer Bell is just like an ongoing looming figure who they're trying to bust. That's Idris Elba, yeah. Oh, it is. Yes. Yeah. Hang on a second. Is he not a cop? Stringer it, Bell. So did you just spoil this for me? Stringer Bell's not a cop now. Oh, okay. What am I thinking of? McNulty's McNulty's the cop. Bunk's right. the cop. Right. Um. So Idris Elba's the one that's kind of like intimidating the uh, the the people on the stand. Right. Right. So he's so like he's a lawyer, or no, he's not a lawyer. He's actually like one of the like drug dealer kingpins. But what? but throughout the series, he kind of like starts going a bit more legit so isn't he like in the office with the cops and stuff in this pilot episode idris elba i don't think so i don't know because i didn't watch the whole pilot do we or do we agree on who idris elba is yes definitely okay there's no doubt in my mind i he think he's not well, playing like a nefarious guy at all in this pilot well he's the guy who was holding the notepad that said fuck you detective he held that up that. to McNulty at the very beginning. I missed that. When they're in the jury room and he's writing like he like drew a little like Superman giving the finger and it's got a word bubble and it says fuck you detective and he shows it to McNulty. I don't think so. I don't I didn't get that at all. Really? No. The wire. Let's look up the wire on IMDb. Stringer Bell. Is that his character's name, like, exclusively? Uh, yeah, I, I, I believe he goes by... Yeah, no. Oh, no, you're right. I'm is... sorry. Okay, you got it. Yeah, there he is. I'm I was very questioning con- I'm very confused. I'm very confused. I didn't, I didn't perceive him as evil at all. What was I missing? Well, here's the thing. is It seems like he's kind of gotten more people doing his dirty work. Okay. And he, throughout the series, is kind of trying to go legit. Like, at one point, he's trying to buy a building. Okay. Like, he's so close to making the crossover into just the legitimate business world. But he's making his money from basically running Avon Barksdale, who's his, like, like dude, Mm. uh, from, like, running heroin through Avon Barksdale. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why I, I missed that so much. Well, I, and I'm not sure how much they explain in the first episode. Well, like we said, they just kind of toss you in. You have to catch up. They do. Yeah. Uh, you give The Wire your S. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely better shows than we've had in the last couple of show shows, and I, yeah. I think that was a relief. Maybe next week we'll do The League and Ballers like you had suggested. Sure. Yeah. It's nice to It'll have be it fun. booked a ahead of time. Quick, like, both 20-minute shows. Light shows. About football after the first week of the nfl right we're into it we're t- we could talk about nfl storylines great a lot of drama there great. i'm so pent up with <laughs> no. things to say sigh of relief from sweets <laughs> finally um so yeah you would give it your s yeah i give both shows an s for sure yeah I, I, not, not even necessarily because they're my cup of tea like i think i'd be more inclined to keep watching the deuce mm-hmm. than the wire and i don't know that i will to be honest right. um but both are obviously good and careful and thoughtful yeah and uh dark yeah and i think david simon or no i maybe ed burns wrote books about baltimore police before starting the series okay the guy who uh co-created the deuce yep is a crime novelist i forget his name but he's not like a tv guy he's a crime novelist who co-created the deuce interesting 
So yeah. So maybe there's there's definitely tie-ins there. Maybe. Um, also, tie-in that I just remembered. I was like Method Man. I can't believe like yeah. Method Man was also in the wire. Oh okay. Yeah. He wasn't in the pilot. No, he wasn't no. in the pilot, but he shows up. I think in season two or three. So it must be friends. Yeah. Must be buddies. Yeah. One of those Owen Wilson, Wes Anderson types. That's right. <laughs> oh wow. Oh yeah. So we had mentioned before that Rami Malek's uh, first image, the first like human still from Bohemian Rhapsody came out. It was also uh, the, the first set shot from the new Aladdin movie came out today. Okay. So the live action Aladdin movie in which they've uh, cast the full thing. I didn't know actually that they had confirmed Will Smith was going to play Genie. But oh, they, really? They did. I, I think I had heard a while back that it was a rumor. Yeah. Uh, and it not only is it confirmed, they're making that movie. And he posted on social media today the first set shot of the new Aladdin movie. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And it just kind of came a, out of nowhere, which I found a little bit. So it's a live action Aladdin movie. It's a live action Aladdin movie starring Will Smith as Genie. Oh, my God. So the. Okay. So they did a live action Jungle Book. Yep. They did a live action Beauty and the Beast. Yep. They're doing a live action. Cinderella. Oh, they did that already. They did Cinderella. Yep. Now they're wait. They did Cinderella. Yep. Okay, that was more forgettable, I guess. Yeah. And and they did Maleficent, which was like kind of Snow White but different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't count. And that wasn't Disney, was it? Yeah, it was. I think uh, I think it does count. <laughs> but as a live action, but it's Maleficent. Yeah. It's not like straight from the Disney vault. We're going for Maleficent. I guess. I, That's what I. I mean. guess. I just mean I don't really trust Disney. No. No. And Disney. Is employing Will Smith, right? In that iconic role that so specifically is associated with this, with this gone by artist who will forever be one of the great tragedies in pop culture. That's right. And He's like just assuming and taking over that part. And Will Smith just nuzzled in there. Yeah, scooped just in. Got it. And decided to brag about it on social media today. Would you trust? Whoa! And he'd brag about it. Yeah. Would you trust Will Smith? So no, I I don't. I, I would I would recommend that nobody never ever trusts Will Smith. Would you see his movie? Yeah, I'll probably go. Yeah, I'm gonna go too. Yeah. <laughs>